0: I give her a dirty look. Would you turn to the hundred twelfth psalm? Psalm one twelve. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. And his righteousness endureth forever. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. This is quoted, this next verse is quoted in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. He hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness endureth forever, his horn shall be exalted with honor, the wicked shall see it and be grieved, he shall gnash with his teeth and melt away, the desire of the wicked shall perish. Let's pray. Lord, how we desire to praise by your grace, the Lord. Lord, we ask that you would give us the grace from our hearts to praise you and to glory in your holy name. We pray that you would teach us your gospel. We pray that you would cause us to be poor and needy. And we ask that you would create a thirst for thee. Lord, we confess our sins. We pray for forgiveness and cleansing. And we ask that you would be pleased to meet with us. Speak to each heart here. Meet each need here according to your will. Bless us for the Lord's sake. Be with all your people wherever they meet together. And Lord, how, how we thank you that salvation is by your grace. How we thank you for the righteousness of your Son. How we thank you for the power of his blood that makes us clean before you. I bless us for his sake. In his name we pray. Amen. Psalm 111, Psalm 112, and Psalm 113 all begin with these words, praise ye the Lord. Wouldn't it be a blessing of his grace if you and I are enabled to praise The Lord from our hearts. Praise ye the Lord. Now I'm going to read this psalm twice. First, I'm going to read this psalm as the very words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And remember, that's true with regard to every psalm. That's what comes first in every psalm. These are the words of Christ. And then I want us to read these as the words of David or whoever wrote this psalm. First, let's read these words as the words of Christ. Psalm 112, praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Blessed is the man. Now, what I thought about was Psalm 111. Blessed is the man who standeth not in the way of sinners. Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Blessed is the man who sitteth not in the seat of scorners. But his delight is in the law of God. And in his law does he meditate continually. Now who is that? Who is the blessed man? The lord jesus christ he is that blessed man now i hear people say quite often when i'm out maybe it's because i'm a preacher i don't know but i'll say how you doing this i'm blessed and i hope they are i hope they are i don't want to be um i hope i hope you are but um when i'm saying i'm blessed i'm saying well i don't know what i'm saying but i somehow it just doesn't sit well with me um I want you to be blessed. I want to be blessed. But when you're announcing to me, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Let me tell you what the Bible says about the blessed man. Proverbs 2.12 says, blessed are they that trust him. Blessed is the man whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin, and in whose spirit there is no guile. Blessed is the man thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee. Psalm 84, 4, Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. Psalm 85, 5, Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee. And what a blessing that is, to have him as my strength. Psalm 89, 15, Blessed is the people who know the joyful sound. Psalm ninety four twelve Blessed is the man thou chastenest, whom the Lord loveth, he chastens, and he scourges every son he receiveth. Psalm one hundred nineteen one blessed are the undefiled in the way. And then we have here in Psalm one hundred twelve one Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. You know, the scripture says with regard to the Lord Jesus Christ, he was heard in that he feared. Oh, how he feared his father. And I'm not talking about the fear of mistrust. I'm talking about the fear of absolute, complete reverence. How he feared. He's the blessed man who feared his father. He delighted greatly in his commandments. He said, I delight to do thy will, O God. Verse 2, his seed, the seed of the Lord Jesus Christ, shall be mighty upon earth. His elect, objects of his grace, they shall be mighty on the earth, the might of his children. Now, what does that mean? You know what it said with regard to every one of his children? Sin shall not have dominion over you. That is the promise of his grace to every one of his children. Now, the natural man, sin has complete dominion over him. And that's seen in that he doesn't know it. Doesn't know it. A believer does understand what this thing of the dominion of sin is, and because of that, sin doesn't have dominion over them. They look to Christ, mighty. That's that's might, spiritual might, mighty in the earth. The generation of the upright, the justified, the righteous, shall be blessed, verse 3, Speaking of the Lord, wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. This is what Paul called the unsearchable riches of Christ. Oh, his wealth and his riches cannot possibly be described. His righteousness, and you know, that's the personal righteousness of every believer. His righteousness endures forever It never had a beginning. It'll never have an end. And that is the righteousness every believer is justified by. His righteousness. He took my sin, my sorrows, made it his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone. And his righteousness, just as he truly bore my sin, I truly have his righteousness that endures forever. Verse 4. Remember, we're thinking of this in light of the Lord himself. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. Now, God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness has shined in our hearts. Give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And look what it says about it. Here's the light we have with regard to him. What's it say? He's gracious. He's full of compassion. And he's righteous. Now this is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is gracious. That's the light we have, isn't it? He is Gracious. That's why salvation is by his grace. That's why somebody like me or you can be saved. He is gracious. And the scripture says this, he's full of compassion. I wish I could enter into this the way I ought to because generally when I think of the Lord and I think of his views toward me, I don't think of him being full of compassion. But the scripture says he's full of Compassion. Wherever there's a sinner needing him, he's full of compassion. I think of that leper, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And the scripture says Jesus moved with compassion. Moved, that's that's his character. Full of compassion, gracious, righteous. He's altogether righteous. And if he saves you, it'll be in a way that magnifies his righteousness. Now that's light, isn't it? That's the light of of who he is. That's the light shining in the darkness. He's gracious. He's full of compassion. Whatever your need is, he's moved by compassion. Maybe somebody else isn't, but he is. He is because of who he is. He's full of compassion. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Now, who is the good man? The Lord Jesus Christ is the only good man. You remember when that rich young ruler came to Christ and said, good master, what shall I do that I might inherit eternal life? He said, why callest thou me good? There's none good but one that is God. There's one good man, the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, he's he's good, isn't he? And he shows favor. This good man out of the goodness, the generosity, the graciousness of his heart, he shows favor and he lends. Now, generally when I think of lending, the first thing I think of was, do I got to pay back? <laughs> I mean, if he lends me something, what, how can I pay it back? Well, we have something to pay, the sacrifices of thanksgiving and praise to him for who he is. That's that's the payment we make toward his lending. Aren't you thankful that salvation is by grace? Are you thankful that he's everything in your salvation? Or are you thankful that he's altogether glorious and lovely and his salvation is perfect? Oh, this good man, he shows favor and he lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. <laughs> he is altogether Absolutely, impartially just in whatever he does. Although he's gracious, he's always absolutely, perfectly just. That's what that word discretion means, absolute righteousness. Now, this is the glory of the gospel. He can show mercy to a miserable sinner in a way that magnifies his perfect justice and righteousness. That's who he is. Verse Six, surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. Who could move him? Who could move him? He's the son of God. Who could move him? Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. Now, this is his memory of me. Everlastingly, I've been in his purpose and mind, everlastingly righteous. Now I want you to think about that. The way he remembers me, he doesn't remember, well, I remember what he did. I remember his sinfulness. I remember his unbelief. I remember his coldness. I remember his wicked thoughts, his wicked deeds. No, nothing like that. The, the everlastingly righteous, always in the Son, always viewed perfect in Him. In 1 Samuel 18, when Jonathan is thinking of David, you know, the Scripture says his soul was knit to him, and he loved him as he loved his own soul. Believer, that's how Christ loves you. He loves you as he loves himself. And his memory of you is altogether righteous. He doesn't remember anything but righteousness. Because that's what you are in him. That's his remembrance. That's your history. That's the way he remembers you. And that's the way you'll always be remembered. In the Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) Perfectly, altogether righteous. Verse 7 says, He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting the Lord. This is the one who trusted the Lord perfectly. You know, every time evil tidings come our way, we panic. We panic. We think all kinds of different things. You know, that never happened with him. He trusted his father completely. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. How bad beautiful is our Lord Jesus Christ how beautiful he is his character his trust of his father his heart is fixed trusting in the Lord his heart is established verse 8 he shall not be afraid until he see his desires on his enemies that's a repetition verse 7 his father said sit thou at my right hand till I make thy foes thy footstool he's going to see his desire on on all his enemies. Verse nine, he hath dispersed. It'll quit ringing in a minute. He hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness endureth forever. Now let's go to for just a moment to second Corinthians chapter nine. This is where this is actually quoted in the New Testament. And Paul uses this with regard to giving. Verse 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. But this I say, and he uh, strings together uh, quite a number of scriptures, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity. Not resenting that you're doing it or thinking this is your duty. For God loveth a cheerful giver. I want to be that giver, don't you? That cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. You know the, the issue of giving is trust. Trust. He's able to make. Let's say I give everything. He's able to take care of me. It's all his anyway, isn't it? You know, when people talk about tithing, if there's a scripture that proves the Bible doesn't teach tithing, it's right here. How much do you give? Whatever your purpose in your heart. That's how much you ought to give. Not of necessity or grudgingly, because God loves a cheerful giver. And here's this quotation from Psalm 112: As it is written. He hath dispersed abroad, dispersing his gifts. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness remains forever. Verse 10 of our text, Psalm 112. The wicked shall see it and be grieved He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. They're not going to see any joy in his graciousness. Now let's read this psalm as the believer. Yes, first of all, this is the Lord Jesus Christ. We see that clearly, don't we? But this is every one of his people. Praise ye the Lord. Isn't that your great desire to do that right now? From your heart, the heart that he's given you, by his grace, to render to him true praise and thanksgiving. Praise ye. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Now, let me tell you, this is the best description of every believer. He fears the Lord. He fears the Lord. He has such a respect and an awe for his person. He's afraid to look anywhere but Christ alone. That's the true fear of the Lord is faith in Christ. If you have faith in Christ, you have the fear of the Lord. If you don't have faith in Christ, you have no respect for God. You don't have any more respect for God than Cain did. He came into God's presence within his own works. And the scripture says God had no respect for him. Well, he had no respect for God or he wouldn't have come that way. If you fear the Lord, you would not dare approach God apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. He feareth the Lord. Look at the last uh, verse of Psalm 111. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do. And you'll notice his commandments is in uh, italics there. And that do is talking about the fear of the Lord. Blessed are all they that do fear the lord i love that scripture in first john 5 3 for this is the love of god that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous is it grievous to you to believe on his son no you love it is it grievous to you to love his people no you love it his commandments are not grievous Verse 2 His seed shall be mighty upon the earth, the generation of the upright shall be blessed. Does this mean that a believer's children are going to be mighty on the earth? Well, if the Lord saves them, they will be, and if he doesn't, they're going to be like anybody else. Um, But what this is talking about is that all believers, by his grace, believers and their seed, everyone who believes the gospel, They are mighty on the earth. Now, what does that mean? If God's given you grace, you're mighty. Sin doesn't have dominion over you. It has complete dominion over every unbeliever. It doesn't have dominion over you. You may be thinking, well, it seems like it's got a lot of dominion over me as far as my experience goes. I realize you feel that way, but there was a time when you didn't know that. That's when it had complete dominion over you. But every believer, by the grace of God, irresistible, almighty grace, gives them the grace to look to Christ and to persevere looking to Christ. That's mighty, isn't it? That's the work of his grace. That's above the power of human nature. Oh, the believer, by God's grace, his mighty grace is mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit. I love the way the Lord tells us who's blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they that mourn. What a blessing to mourn over your sin. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness' sake. His seed shall be blessed. The blessing of his grace. Verse 3, wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Now you know that that's not talking about material riches. I realize that there are some believers who have material riches, but um, some don't have anything. But they still have the riches of his grace, don't they? That's what that's, uh, the insearchable riches of Christ, the riches of his grace, of his, of his righteousness, of his kindness, of his love, of justification, of sanctification, of redemption, of preservation. What riches? What I'm looking at some infinitely wealthy people. You might not have much money in the bank, but you have all the riches of God. Wealth and riches are in his house. His righteousness, the righteousness you have, it's going to endure forever. It's never going to be extinguished. It's never going to be put out because it's the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Talking about riches. Talking about wealth. Verse 4, unto the upright, the righteous, there arises light in the darkness. And here's what that light is. (laughs) He is gracious. Full of compassion and righteous. Now, that's the light we have, isn't it? That's the light that comes from God. He's gracious. He's full of compassion. He's righteous. A good man. Now, You just said there's no such thing as a good man. Every believer is a good man. Every believer, without exception, is a good man because they have a new heart. They have the grace of God. They're going to show favor. They're going to be the lenders and not the borrowers. Every believer... When they see God's goodness to them. I I think this is the the way to understand this. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Um, Does that mean you obtain mercy because you're merciful? No. You've obtained mercy. That makes you merciful. That makes you gracious. Now, that's what he's talking about when he's talking about this gracious man. He shows favor. He lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. You know, this is the prayer of every believer. Order my steps in thy word. Let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Order my steps. The steps of a good man, the scripture says, are ordered by the Lord. That is how we want to uh, uh, guide our affairs with discretion. Ask him to order our steps. Surely he should not be moved forever because he standed, he's founded on the rock that can't be moved, the foundation. He should not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. Now, if the Lord doesn't come back, um, let's say for a hundred years. He might come back today, but let's say he doesn't come back for a hundred years. You know how many people are going to remember me? Zero. <laughs> Zero. I know one who will remember me, though. The Lord Jesus Christ. Because his righteousness is my personal righteousness before God. And that righteousness is forever. Verse 7, he should not be afraid of evil, evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Now, as long as God's on the throne, i got no reason to fear. All things work together for good. That covers everything. Whatever comes my way. It's God. He brought it. And it's being used for my good and his glory. All things work together. It doesn't matter what it is. All things work together for good. To them that love God. To them who are called according to his mercy. His heart is fixed. Trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. Now, my enemies are my sins. It's no human being. My enemies are my sins. And I'm going to see my desire on them. You know what that means? That means they are going to be no more. And that means I'm going to be perfectly conformed to the image of Jesus Christ in my experience. I'm going to see my desire on my enemies. They're going to be blotted out and made to be no more. He hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor, his, verse nine, his righteousness endures forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. You know, I want to be that giver that, you know, remember when the Lord said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, he's the more blessed one. He's the one who does all the giving, but I want to be that giver that gives not grudgingly or necessity for God loveth a cheerful giver. I want to be that person. I think every one of us, ought not to, every one of us ought not, I'm not talking about a competition. I'm more generous than you, but every one of us ought to want to be the most generous person alive because of his generosity. Verse 10, the wicked shall see it. The wicked have no love for the believer. The wicked shall see and be grieved. You know, The hope we have says their hope's no good. That's why they're grieved. If my hope is in Christ, somebody whose hope is not in Christ, when I say that's the only hope you have, they're going to be grieved by that. because Because when I say that, the implication obviously is your hope is no good. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. And it will. There is such a thing. And I, want to, I, I hope I tremble in fear every time I say this. There is a place called hell, and that's where all the wicked will be. And his desire will certainly perish. The words of Christ, the words of every.